I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For the best championship, League One and League Two coverage, Acton Mool recommends the Football League paper. It's got it all covered. For the complete EFL picture, get the Football League paper, £1.50 every Sunday, or visit theleaguepaper.com for a variety of digital subscriptions. The Football League paper. It's got it covered. You're listening to Acton Mool. Broadcasting from beautiful South Germany. Except no substitutes. I'll let Michael I'll let Michael Avery start as he's gonna end up edit, editing all this anyway. So um here we are with the Lioness's last pre-season friendly. We're away at Chesant um on Sunday. Just pre-game. Um it's quite a nice little ground. Um Ryan's not here, so you've got me doing it. Normally Nick would be doing this kind of pot posh <laughs> posh uh jeff bernie's just completely thrown me during this <laughs> i'll come back when we've played some football <laughs> so at half time the lioness is trowel one nil to chesant um a little mistake between center half and the goalkeeper um Indy carter calls the goal other than that mill have been on top Four or five um, chances for the Lionesses. Unfortunately, haven't been able to convert any into goals. Made two substitutions, Hawkins on, and so is Colorado um, for Bell and for Eastwell. But all in all, Millwall have been playing well. Just kind of like a typical Millwall, men's Millwall 1-0 down when you don't deserve to be. Um, for listeners that have been going for years, you'll know exactly what I mean. Back at full time. Full time here. Uh, Lioness is beaten 2 1. They played well in the second half. Molly Hawkins scored with a chance where she beat the uh, offside track before beating one on one with a defender. Took it round her and passed it into the net coolly. She missed a couple of chances early on. Mill had more chances before conceding what can only be uh, called a comedy of errors for Texans. 2 1 winner. Um, uh, mix up between defenders and the keeper who come on at half time making her debut then the Chesham player managed to miss the target from two yards hit the crossbar ball was still not cleared by Millwall had three chances to clear it and unfortunately failed to do so um, we'll catch up with a few players and do some pre uh, post-match interviews with uh, the players or the management in a second so after the game I'm joined with Mr Michael Wavery the club shop bargain hunter himself uh, thoughts on the game Michael? Um, well, I thought uh, 
we were rather soft in the midfield at times. There was there was a bit of a lack of communication, um, and it was rather unfortunate that we had uh, we had two goalkeepers who both played very well, um, but they both made their singular mistakes, and unfortunately we. Um, we lost by, and I think you just heard one of those players who just walked past us, Chesson there. Mill weren't at their best at all, but it's a bit of a scout for them. Would you agree, Harry? Yeah, I think so. I think um, it would be, what you call it, it would be a disappointment. It, it's disappointed me um, as a fan. Um, obviously, you saw me sitting next to you, well, socially distanced away from me. And um, uh, as a quote Lee Bowyer, yeah, it hurts, actually, um, only two games in, you're starting to, obviously, listening to the shows and being involved with the club that we are now. Not only the fact that they Millwall, but, you know, you sit. Women's football's a bit more, um, what's the right word, a bit more family-friendly, a bit more um, because of the size of the club and whatever. You know, if you think how small Millwall is as a club, the men's side, for the women's side as well, it becomes a bit like a little bit of an intricate family. You see the same faces going here, there, or everywhere. Um, and you it hurts to see the girls get beat like that because I don't think they played their best which is a frustration in themselves but they know that they could have played better and they haven't and they've been defeated and for a fan and I suppose sorry we're going to speak to Katie I'm terrible with names see this is why women's footballers should have names on the back of their shirt ladies and gentlemen but if you want to sponsor the likenesses you can so just make sure you get their names right just make sure you get their names right the one you want to sponsor not doing great for the old act on here. Ryan's a lot better at this than I am. Nick's going to have a fun time editing this, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> One comment I will make is I think there were glimmers where you have players like Alyssa Miranda, who were who was very, very good at times. I thought uh, very composed. Again, Abby, they'll look good. Um, if I can be critical... Um, the the, fini- the finishing needs work. Um, you, can't, you can't be in a situation where you have four or five one-on-ones and... And you don't take any of them. I, I actually, I, I generally think that the goal we scored was probably the hardest chance we had. Absolutely. I mean, Molly Hawkins had two or three chances um, in the second half, and she took her hardest one. Which, you know, if it's credit to Molly, she kept going, but she she missed one identical, and then she had one after she'd scored, where she, you know, took the wrong decision, had the, the whole goal to aim at, and she aimed at the keeper's strongest side and, and it's just those fine margins we're going forward into league season obviously it's pre-season it doesn't matter but to say it doesn't matter is, t- is too easy and the girls I expect will, will, will know that obviously we didn't have Lily Stubbs here today our club captain um, chance at the armband mm. but next week at, away at Stevenage which we will be there for we are um We'll have to be better, I think. Mm, one, one thing I will comment from Chesson as well, final, final comments if you don't mind, Harry. Um, thank, thank you to Chesson for hosting us, if, if any from Chesson is listening to this. And, and as Harry was saying before about it being a family-friendly game, considering we're, we're still technically in the middle of a global pandemic um, and, and you know, we're, we're still worrying about things with COVID and everything like that, I think we've been hosted well. There's a great a great attendance. There's there's some good families um, around, uh, all good numbers. Distanced. All socially distanced. And I'm not just saying that for the sake of the pod. There's markings everywhere. There's tape on the chairs. There's sanitising the toilets. And with all what's been going on, it's actually been quite a good day out. So, uh, yeah, I'll just thought I'd comment on that. There we go. So we'll be back with Katie in a second. So, Katie... Um, Let's be honest, in truth, let's not beat around the bush. It was a disappointing 2-1 defeat today um, at Chesson. Uh, we saw the way 
uh, their fans behaved after the game and the way the, the club did, what it means to them. And you can't take anything away from them. But um, as we said last week, let's get the critique out of the way. We should have done better in front of goal, shouldn't we? Yeah. You know, we had many of opportunities. And in all honesty, if we had taken them opportunities, it probably would have been a different game. But like we said, you can't take it away. They obviously, they did look like they wanted it a lot more than what we did. And, you know, sometimes that is what happens and it is frustrating. And like what I said last week about losing our heads, that's what we've got to work on, the the psychological um, element of the game. And the girls have got to understand that they've got to give it for a full 90 minutes. Agreed, agreed. And with... With the game as well, um, it, it was a two-one, as we said, a two-one defeat there, and it, it was it was a shame for the goalkeepers. I felt because even though um, you know we questionably could have done better outfield, I felt that, and it shows the position of goalkeepers that if you do make the mistake, you are punished. It, it really was just just two two individual errors from the goalkeepers that cost us. Really, in in general, I thought Millie had a good first half and Larissa had a, a good second half too. Would you say same? Yeah, you know, like I said to the girls as well at half time. It's got to get past 10 people before it gets to my goalkeepers. So, yeah, were the goals due to a goalkeeper? Never. It did look that way. But at the same time, what made them get into that position in the first place? It's gone past 10 people that maybe necessarily weren't doing their uh, their job. I also think that kind of on the second one, we have three chances after the initial mistake to clear the ball and no one sort of gets back and does that. That's kind of what you're saying, really, that it's not just the goalkeepers at fault. When they do make a mistake, you expect your teammates to at least get back and give you a hand if you do make a mistake. Yeah, you know, like I said to the girls, at the end of the day, they win as a team, they lose as a team and they play as a team and they are not there as individuals. They are there to work within their units, to work for that team and that's for the full, like I said, for the full 90 minutes, they need to give that 110% regardless of, um, you know, regardless of the situation or, or where, they're, where they're playing on the pitch. In, in honesty, there could be a few more things to critique, but let's not focus on the negative. Let's, let's actually focus on the positives. Yes, there were some missed chances, but ultimately you need to get yourself in those positions to miss those chances. And there was a few times that we did well. Um, Shannon in the first half, cutting in, did very, very well. Molly's second half, again, did very well to beat her defender. And there were times when you would see Caitlin Lewis in, in the back three, was was good again. Um, you can say Hannah as well at wing back was exceptional. Another great performance with her. With some great driving runs. Um, anyone else stand out to you in the game? Yeah, you know, the same as what you've said, Michael. To be honest, you know there are players there that did stand out, but ultimately it is a team sport. And yes, there there are some positives to take out of it, but it just shows that there is still quite a lot of work that we obviously need to do as a team. Yeah, obviously moving, looking forward now, putting this one behind us. I think we've, we're going to go over the courts as much as we can. But looking forward to Stevenage next week, obviously it's important to clear that out of the girls' minds for the league campaign starting next week. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was the end of pre-season. We did want to go out on a high. It hasn't worked in our favour, but I think like what we've said to the girls, we start again tomorrow and that's when the hard work really does start because you've got the league campaign and we want to start as we mean to go on and make sure we get the result that we, we know we deserve. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Milbal. Hi everyone, it's Abby Dell from Millwall Lionesses. I would just like to say a massive thank you to all the Acton Millwall listeners for their fantastic support this season. Also, a big thank you to the guys that produced the podcast for all their hard work. Let's have a fantastic season together. Achtung, Millwall. Hello and welcome back to Millwall Lionesses. Thank you very much to our roaming reporter, Harry Warren doing excellent coverage again of another Mill Lionesses game. I think he's really getting the, the hook of it, I think. Um, my name is Ryan Loftus. Joining me tonight, as ever, is one Michael Avery, who was also at the game with Harry. Good evening, Michael. Good evening, Ryan. Good evening, listeners. And uh, thank you once again for tuning in to another Acton Lionesses. Yeah, it's good to get going. The season is on the horizon. And because of that, we are joined once again by Katie Whitmore, Lionesses manager. Katie, thanks so much. How are you doing? Thank you. Really well. Thanks, guys. Fantastic. So we'll go straight in. Pre-season is done and dusted. It's in the past. Those results that we're told don't matter. You can't listen to them. They're all done. And the hard work starts this Sunday, Katie. How, as a brief kind of overview, how has pre-season gone for you? Obviously, you're first as a manager, first with the squad. How has it gone? Yeah, you know, I think we, I think we can see it as a positive in the sense of it was a good opportunity for me to see the new signings. You know, we had quite a lot. 12 new signings to, to add to the squad, retain squad. So it was a good opportunity for both me and Nick to change the team around and have a look at different formations and um, positioning of players. So for me, you know, I thought it was a successful pre-season in that, in that aspect. You know, sometimes results didn't go our way, but it was a, it was a good learning curve. And like I said, uh, throughout previous interviews that we went through a challenging pre-season so that we could learn and we could progress as a player and as as a team so overall I thought it was quite successful really. Definitely and like you say there you've got it's a young squad obviously a few players or a lot of players from last season who played really well but like you mentioned 12 new faces coming in a lot coming up from the development ages and obviously getting their first taste of women's football and again, as you said, hard games against the likes of Billericay, Dulwich Hamlet, London Bees, you know, tough, tough games. What have you, you learned from the squad, especially maybe the, the new players coming in? Has anyone, you know, impressed you particularly? And what have you learned from yeah. you know, the players that were there already? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, I think for me, it was one of the one of the players that has stood out for me has got to be uh, Millie as goalkeeper. Sixteen mm. years of age, you know, playing adult uh, first team football. She's definitely come along and improved each week, as well as Lois. You know, as a centre back. Um, you know, communicating with the retained players. It's quite daunting being a new player um, and having to feel like you need to kind of prove yourself in a way. And for me, at 16, I think that's even sometimes even more uh, pressure. And they've all kind of stepped up and, and taken that um, in their stride, really. So for me, I think, you know, the, the 12 new signings have kind of just shown why they're in the position that they're in now. But, you know, like I've said before, it was a good pre-season and it, it gave them the opportunity to play with the retained uh, squad and also show us, um, both me and Nick, uh, why we signed them in the first place. No, you're right. You're right, Katie. And, I mean, obviously seeing the Lionesses last season and this season, there there is a... And there is a notable leap in quality, and this is nothing against the, the side or the squad from last year. I just feel that is a testament to your recruitment that um, the new players who have come in, not just them as individuals, but obviously when you bring in newer players um, who play different ways and different techniques, that obviously brings out things in your squad that um, that you may not know were there. You know, some players might feel that they need to up their game if they will. No one in particular, just just it tends to happen in football. Um, so this could be something for your players to that they may have learned. But what what would you say? Um, what what or what game do you feel you learnt the most from? I mean, obviously the Billericay result was was a rather humbling one, which is one way of putting it. But which which of the games did you actually um, you felt you took the most from? I think, you know, Billericay definitely um, stood out for me in the sense of half-time, you know, the, the score, not from a score perspective, but, you know, half-time, we changed the formation, which, to be honest, like what we've said, looking back on reflection, I should have gone with my, my gut instinct in the first place in that sense. And I think we really found uh, a formation moving forward that works for both the retained squad and the new signings. Um, and I think that was the time when we kind of sat there and thought, you know what, no, we've we found our feet a little bit here. Um, you know, it, it was a game of two halves, you know, like we said in the second half. A, a formation changed that game completely for me. Um, and then obviously we've, we've moved forward with the formation, working hard with the squad during training. And it just shows that the squad working hard and the squad being coachable and wanting to learn. Um, has just made that progression even better throughout pre-season. Um, you know, each game then we got better playing in that formation. And OK, yeah, we can talk about what happened last week. But I think, you know, bar that game, the two games previous to that, it, it worked and we worked as a squad. And so for me, I think, you know, Billericay was definitely a, a turning point for me in that second half. Um, massively. Yeah, you mentioned there, Katie, that that formational shift. Obviously, you started pre-season um, playing the four-three-three that the the girls from last season were used to playing. Obviously, that was the system they played last year. And you know, I, I prefer to say you weren't too impressed with the performance that they put in in that shape. And so, how 
the change you've made, obviously you've hinted at it there, but do you think that's the this five three two shape? Is that that what you're going to be going with going into the season? Do you think? You know, I think um, I'd like to be one of them managers that uh, is coaching the team to be able to change formation when it's needed, um, and um, for players to fall into positions that or cover positions, should I say that they may not have necessarily always played in, you know. And I think definitely, like what we said before, you know, we, I did give them the opportunity to play a 4-3-3 formation, like what they did last season with the players from last last season. So um, when that didn't go quite to plan, it was very much like, well, no, now that was your opportunity and now we are going to start playing how... Uh, me as a new manager coming in wants you to play and how Nick would like you to play and um, you know we're going to go with our ideas and I think you know Sean said it in a previous interview that I should be a little bit more confident in my own decision making in that sense and I think you know it's a big thing to um, come into post and not want to change it too much if that makes sense you're trying to build that rapport with players that are retained that was there last season so you don't really want to change it too much but actually during pre-season it was clear that no we are going to play how I want to play moving forward and I think it showed in the performances that we're heading in the right direction so you know I think definitely at the moment yeah probably 3-5-2 is the way forward for us but we are going to be a team that can adapt and a team that can change formation as, as and when is needed. Yeah, and that is, you know, that's a, that's an important point that obviously you've mentioned the younger players coming in there, but, you know, you yourself are a young coach, first job as a head coach, and you're, like Sean said, and like you've just reiterated there, about finding that confidence to play your way. Um, to that extent, you know, there's been a lot of heavy rotation through pre-season, um, you know, giving players the chance to prove themselves, and like you say, in different positions, being showing that flexibility. Do you feel like you're getting an idea of your strongest 11 or the 11 that might start um, next week against Stevenage? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll always, you know, I'll always be looking at players like what we've said before. You know, yes, I've got an idea of who's going to be in the start in 11 on Sunday. Um, you always kind of have that idea anyway. But like what I've said in previous interviews, my one pet hate is complacency. So just because... I'm not necessarily going to change the squad as much as I have throughout pre-season because obviously pre-season was an opportunity for us to be able to rotate players and for us to change formations and work within our units. But it also isn't a time now that the league started and I release who the who the starting eleven is on for Sunday. It doesn't mean that you know then players can then be complacent and think that they're in the starting eleven every week because. That's not how it's going to work. You know, if they start showing complacency, then things will change. And like I've asked them uh, since coming into post, I expect them to work hard on a Monday and a Wednesday at training and also on a Sunday during that game. Um, so no one's, no one's position or no one's place in the starting 11 or the squad of 16 is ever guaranteed. Um because I'm always looking for that hard work and I'm always looking for a, or watching the players' performance and, and seeing what they can bring. Yeah, you're right there, Katie. Um, just, go, just touching back to what you were saying about with um, being able to change formations, um, 
it's quite a string to the bow if you think about it. We've you've got Millie Connell, who uh, a lot of last season was playing a, a right back. You tried her in the uh, centre midfield on Sunday, and she was excellent, in my opinion. I thought she really, really shone. She was excellent on the ball. Um, you've got uh, players like Abby Dell, who you seem to have tried as a nine in some games, and in some games she seemed to play as a ten as well. So you know she can do those two positions. Shannon can play as a free role, if you like, as well, which we've noticed that you've tried to do, and also out wide. And and even, um, you know, Kelly Webster's had a had a few games on pitch and actually done quite well. I know that was obviously forced through the forced through her injury more than anything else, but even she performed well um, up top when she came on. So just, just to touch on Kelly there, we're, we're talking about pathways and journeys and everything like that. You're talking about players being able to play in different positions if required. But how important is it maybe for you as first team manager, first team coach, to not only have someone like Sean there, but also Kelly, who was such a pivotal member of the squad last year, but is now, you know, assisting with, with goalkeeping coaching and things like that? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's really important to have those those players coming through. Like what I've said before, you know, not only am I really focused on making sure that players aren't complacent, all I want to create is role models, you know, for that next generation. That's all I've ever really wanted to create, to be honest, or play a part in having role models for that next generation, whether it be me as a manager, female manager, being a role model for someone that wants to get into coaching, or, you know, it's supporting the players that we've got in our team that are becoming role models for that next generation of the under-14s and the under-16s uh, under within the, the Girls' Academy. So, you know, for me, I think having Kelly there, who has been a part of, you know, the, the women's game, and is now taking that step in kind of player coach role. I think it, it's amazing to have her on board. You know, the experience in previous interviews, you know, when you ask the girls who's the big sister or, um, you know, it's always Kelly. The, the girls respect her so much and she is so supportive on and off the pitch, you know. And even for me, as, you know, they call me gaffer. And even, even in that sense, you know, she sees me at... Uh, at training and she's like you're right gaffer and you know even when she's coaching or helping out with the girls under 16s goalkeeping and she sees me and you know she's probably the most respectful person I've ever met to be honest you know within the game and she's just always she's always you know she's always on the other end of the phone you know and it doesn't even have to be football related which I think just makes her overall you know what what a supportive person you know, to have within the Millwall community. So, and I think, you know, for her to be part of the Lionesses just makes us that little bit more uh, lucky, to be honest. Yeah, and like you say, plenty of the players have highlighted her as that big sister of the group or, you know, that's someone you can go for advice. And, you know, for Millie Carter and Goal, you you know, you picked her out herself. I know Harry and Michael and myself have been so impressed with her as a 16-year-old coming in. She's been phenomenal goalkeeping. And, you know, for women's football, getting that specialist goalkeeping coaching is not easy. And, you know, to have someone like Kelly there to guide her through and give her a bit of experience must be, you know, really, really important for her. Um, touching on Sunday, last Sunday, Casey, you know, obviously a, a disappointing result to end pre-season. Obviously, you would have liked to end on a win against Chesham and, you know, gone on a real positive bounce into the season. What do you think, you know, looking back at the game, 
what do you think maybe cost the side or what do you think could have um, been done better maybe to secure that win? You know, when we talk about it, there were there, look, the positive was we were creating opportunities. We were creating opportunities and for some reason we just couldn't find the back of the net. Sometimes that does happen. But I think one of the big things that we need to take away from Sunday and the girls know this is um, mentality. You know, you need to keep... You need to keep your head focused in that game for the full 90 minutes. You know, like we've said before, it's only got to take a player um, or two players or three players just to kind of lose their head a little bit in the sense of maybe lose their positioning or just lose their focus. And it can change the formation. The formation can fold. Um, you know, it can, it can just change the dynamic of the game. So for me... I think that didn't work either. I think, you know, we just didn't, we, for whatever reason, we just didn't look like we really wanted it as much as they did. And that's what happens when you go into games like that, you get results like what we got. And I think in a way, I'm hoping, you know, it, it came at the right time. Yeah, right, we wanted to end pre-season on a high and win, but maybe this is what, needed to happen for the girls to have that little bit of a wake-up call of, right, pre-season's done now. This is where your hard work starts. We've now got a league that we need to concentrate on. You know, we, we set out a, a hard pre-season and a challenging pre-season. So now you need to put the work in. Now you need to show me why you want to be on that pitch, why you want to be wearing that badge, why you want to be re representing us. Um, and I think that is kind of, for me... I'm, I'm hoping that was a little bit of a wake-up call at the weekend, to be honest. But I do think the mentality is what cost us that game. No, you're, uh, you're right, Katie. I think I think you're right with the uh, mentality from from Chess, and obviously as well um, due to due to the sort of COVID um, like loosening um, when it comes to stadiums. If you're there, there was actually quite quite a respectable crowd there, wasn't there for the game, and that obviously helped Chess a bit more. And now. And now that we're going into the new season, then perhaps uh, that sort of home team advantage will really now start kicking in, especially um, especially at our level. So one thing that's impressed me, Katie, is the um, the defence, the back three, um, so combinations of players like Sean, uh, Lois, Charlie, um, and also also Caitlin. Caitlin Lewis has been exceptional this preseason, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot of the time when you're playing football, it's a lot of your strikers who get plaudits or Similar with Millie Carter, where she pulls off some great saves, she would get the plaudits. But have you got a word for for the defensive game, which Millwall fans have traditionally always liked a, a good, solid defence? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, you know, if we talk about Caitlin, I've moved her around and that just shows you how much of a team player she, she is. You know, she's gone, yep, I'll take on that challenge. Yep, I'll move position. Same for Millie, you know. And I think not only those two in the sense of their changing of position, I think, you know, when we talk about Sean, Lois and Charlie as a back three as well, you know, you've changed the formation. You've gone from having four at the back to three and you're relying on wing backs to get back. Yeah. So, like I said before, if if people aren't, uh, if players aren't doing their their roles and their responsibilities on that pitch, that formation could fail you know, like any formation, but you're creating gaps if, if you know, if your wing-backs don't get back, for example. That's a lot of pressure on your back three. And for me, these girls have stepped up. They've learned a new formation. 
they've listened, they've been coachable. And I think it just shows each week in their performance that, you know, yeah, we all make mistakes. And sometimes the girls will make mistakes at the back, but they've also been accountable and they'll come off and they'll go, I did a mistake or I made never. And that's one thing I've noticed about them back three players is that they will always take account accountability for if they've made a mistake. And that for me, I love that, you know, they hold their hands up. And for me, they have, they've just stepped up. And each week in, in pre-season, they've got better and they've worked more as a unit and they've worked with the goalkeeper and they've, you know, they've just, for me, each week bounced a little bit stronger. And that unit just makes it very exciting for the season to come. You know, they're going to have challenging games and they're going to be stretched, but I don't for one second doubt that they're not capable of dealing with it. You're right there. And and just to touch on again on the pre-season, you know, it's obviously um, one of the main reasons we had you on the show. Um, what has been for you um, a highlight for pre-season? Obviously, we can talk about the, the victory against uh, Dulwich Hamlet Reserves or, you know, just playing at somewhere like Billericay, which has got fantastic uh, stadium and facilities. But... Just, just, just entertain or not entertain. Let let the listeners know what what has been the real moment for you in this preseason that you will look back on fondly. Uh, so for me, I think well, I've got a couple of highlights. I think my first one was has got to be the first preseason game against Alsford. You know, first preseason competitive match. You know, being the manager of Millwall Lionesses for me, that was an amazing feeling. And it just makes me think how I'm going to feel in the first game of the season on Sunday against Stevenage, you know. And um, so for me, that was that was a big highlight. Um, okay, the result didn't go the way we wanted it, but it was still a good a good experience. But definitely for me, it's got to be the uh, the win we had. You know, when we won three nil for me. What more could you want? You know, you're just heading in the right direction. It's just showing from where we went from losing 2-1 to Ellsford to then winning 3-0 in a new formation, new new players, you know, new players in the squad. To me, that's just, that, that was a massive highlight for me. Fantastic. Well, that is pre-season well, over and done with Katie. Looking ahead... You know, we've got a really hard game coming up to start the season. That Stevenage game away is, you know, arguably, looking at how things went last season, arguably the hardest game of the season really to start, followed up by Hudson in the next home league game, obviously the cup game in between. How how much are you looking forward to getting going in the league? You know, obviously expectation is high for where the girls want to finish. Ambition is high. Um how how excited are you to be, you know, leading your first competitive match as a as a manager? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think because of how pre-season's gone, it's just made me even more excited for when the league starts. Um, you know, I can't wait for that first game on Sunday, you know, and just seeing how the girls perform. I think they need to stay focused, like what we said. Um and just making sure that we, we go there knowing that we've got a job to do and making sure that we do that job and we work hard for 90 minutes. You know, after pre-season, it's made me really excited to work with all of the players within this squad, as individuals, as units, within their team. So, for me, I just want to get the league started. You know, we've got that cup game on the 20th as well. And so, for me, it's just making sure that we just get the job done, really. 
Achtung, Mehlball. Just, just, we had um, a lister on last week to mention it as well. And um, to be fair, you, you along with Libby was one of the two who helped uh, laugh in my direction when Teddy and I was putting up the advertisement board. But if you don't mind, uh, Katie, um, have you got um, a word or a mention for the for Nick who hosts the podcast and the guy? So um, Harry, Ryan, Mike um, and Aaron as well, who who do the main show and, and all of the listeners for, for giving you this platform as manager. Because I, I remember I remember as we were putting the board up, you were saying, cool, I didn't expect all this with uh, like being the Lionesses manager or something along those lines. So do you have a message to all the listeners? Yeah, no, it's just definitely in the sense of thanking you for, for all the support, to be honest. I think it's great to be able to have the players being able to have a voice or uh, to to have a platform to, to have their say and talk about their game and their journey and where they've been, which is, again, creating that role model environment for the next generation and inspiring that next generation uh, to come forward. And I just think, you know, it's a fantastic opportunity that you're giving everyone, players and for management, uh, to be able to talk about our game, making sure that we're giving them specta spectators um, and fans the opportunity to listen, because at the moment, obviously, they've not been able to come down and watch uh, watch the games, which hopefully um, things will, will start to change and they can start coming down and supporting us uh, at the grounds. But, you know, all I can say is a massive thank you and hopefully we'll be able to get that job done for you guys and uh, get that promotion that we, we know we want. Yeah, I know everyone, you know, hopefully fans can get back in the stadium soon. I think, um, you know, while Millwall men's side are playing behind closed doors, I think, you know, most listeners should should be trying to get down to Lionesses. You know, they'll be seeing a, a young and exciting team hopefully going, going for that title. Um, just one other quick plug we've got, Michael, isn't it? Um, you know, Nick, he's had a not really a summer off this year with the suspended season and, you know, working through the summer, but he's even managed to pull together a, a Mill yearbook, hasn't he? Yes, he has. And um, this is, if this is anything like the one from a couple of years ago, this will be an, an excellent read. Uh, Katie, I'll make sure that I order you a copy for those long trips around the eastern region, around the country. But... Yeah, it's it's a it's a fans' view on on the season, a fans' view on what we can expect. Uh, there's some articles in there from myself, uh, from Ryan, from the guys as well. Harry, who is as, as we all know, is one of the funniest people you'll meet. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure his write-up will be equally as funny. He's asked me to say that, um, but no, it's just um, it's just a nice little yearbook for the fans to have um, and to get going for the pre-season, uh, not pre-season for the start of the new season. So. Do make sure you order. You can either order through PayPal, um, through the CBL um, link. It's on Nick's Twitter handle or through the Mill Supporters Club um, online store. So yeah. for those who are a bit funny with PayPal. So make make sure you get it and all proceeds uh, go to charity. They are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're Demelza, uh, the MCT, Mill Community Trust, and there was a third, wasn't there, Ryan? Yeah, the Evelina Charity, some, you know, some really good charities working with kids. You know, and obviously the MCT is close to a lot of people's hearts to do some fantastic community work. So really, really encourage the listeners to head over to Act and Mill, you know, where to go or the MCT page. And, you know, Nick's put in such a phenomenal amount of work. We, we all had it light only it could contribute in one piece, didn't we, Mike? But Nick's put in a fantastic amount of work for that. And I'm, I'm sure it'll be worth, you know, anything people are given for it. Oh, you're right. And um, 
I think now, Kaye, because you're a, you're a veteran of the pod, you know what needs to be said. Yeah, now. Please. Oh, bye for now. <laughs> I've got to redo that. Let me redo that. Bye for Point. now. The Achtung Mill Yearbook is now available via the Mill Supporters Club uk store visit the mill supporters club.co.uk store and buy your copy of the Achtung Millwall yearbook just 13 pounds including postage and packing within the uk it's 128 pages worth of Millwall news views and opinion it's a great christmas present visit the mill supporters club.co.uk store all profits will benefit demelza evelina and the Mill Community Trust Foods Delivery Service. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.